To get to the treasures, you need fears. Fears then will push you to get to the treasures. And overcoming fears, it's in the path towards the treasures. In general, I'd say, first of all, there isn't a best approach. There is what works for you. And what can work to flip a fear can work to flip other negativities, such as conflicts, for example. Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Welcome back to Management Development Unlocked. I am really glad you're here. Please remember to support the show by subscribing, commenting, and sharing. Today, I have Gerardo Sagat with me. Gerardo, welcome to the show. You have a very broad and impressive background. So please tell us who are you and what do you do? Well, first of all, hi, everyone. Hi, Eric, and thank you for having me as a guest. And excuse me for my English. I'm, I'm Italian, so my English is not, I'm not actually fluent. No, it's molto bene. It's, it's very good. <laughs> my, that's all my Italian, so don't. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm Italian. I, I, you know, my career, I worked for 20 years in the family office industry as the CEO chairman and entrepreneur. In uh, 2016, I exited my business and uh, requalified as a coach with the ICF. And since 2017, I worked as a leadership coach with the purpose of humanizing leaders and organizations. And over the past decade, I've been a member of YPO, the world's largest community of leaders and CEO. And I've been a serial chapter chair and founder there. I love learning by creating. So I created a business. I created two chapters in YPO. And in my current business, I created a corporate leadership program, a format of interview for a magazine, format of decisional debate, postgraduate training program, and my latest creation is Out as Humans, a performing arts show to humanize authentic leaders. My passion, two main passions, I have lots of passions. My two passions are heli skiing, helicopter skiing, so on top of the mountain, going down, and uh, DJing, so dance music. Wow, that is, that is a really broad set of interests and and professional accomplishments so that's that's really that's really cool thank you nice excellent okay so we've got extreme sports in common i'm a i'm a scuba diver and and love to scuba dive and mountain bike but i've never heli i've never heli biked you can do that you can you can get dropped off the top of a mountain and and mountain bike down but i've never done that so congratulations well done thank you thank you I, in general, I just love wherever there is contrast, mm-hmm. a possibility of contrast. I like that. So, you know, like heli skiing, there's a lot of adrenaline, but mm-hmm. at the same time, if you stop one second and look around, it's mm-hmm. like uh, the desert on the mountains. So mm-hmm. complete silence. So this contrast, I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great. All right. Well, let's dive into some questions, shall we? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. 
So today we're going to talk about the four inner treasures of a leader. And this is going to be a very interesting conversation, I think, because it's not where the show usually goes. The show is usually a little more tactical. So today we're going to talk a little more esoteric, which I think is going to be very interesting. So with that, we're going to start with a question about fear. And my question for you here is how can leaders flip a fear into a pinnacle of strength? Well, first of all, to... To, to get to the treasures, you need fears. Fears then would push you to get to the treasures. And, and overcoming fears, uh, it's in the path towards the treasures. In general, I'd say, first of all, there isn't a best approach. There is what works for you. And what can work to flip a fear can work to flip other negativities, such as conflicts, for example. I see, you know, I've been spending quite a, a lot of time seeing the different, there's a lot of methodologies, a lot of solutions, lots of solutions. Uh, I think in general, there are two approaches, uh, the bullet train, what I call the bullet train and the regional train. So the bullet train goes straight to the solution. So say your, your fear is uh, being insignificant. You know, the bullet train will take you straight to meaning. So where do you find meaning? Uh, without working really on the fear, working out the fear. The regional train instead takes the fear and works, works it out. Eh? And uh, uh, I think in general, you have for sure any methodology has three stops. One is accepting the fear. So the peaceful acceptance of the fear. The other one is analyzing its consequences and the solutions and then action towards the desired solution. I think behind those, um, I say there are hidden opportunities for three other stops. So before accepting, you have the opportunity to take a moment to actually be aware of it and to develop a, a, an essential skill, leadership skill for the future, for, for today, but for the future, which is awareness and in particular self-awareness. Then once you've analyzed the consequences, What's the point of analyzing the consequences if you don't remedy those consequences? So remedying, amending those consequences in terms of the harmful behaviors that you have had uh, because of the fear has a, a huge power to unlock creativity, to find the solutions. And then, you know, the third, in, which is the third in opportunity it is to leave some space to that creativity to come up with different kinds of solutions on how you want to move from fear to, to strength. And so you leave that space and the creativity will give you different kinds of solution. And then you choose the one and you take action. So these are the two main approaches. You know, one of the things I liked about what you said was that the whole idea of self-awareness. And I think a lot of us lack that or lack deep self-awareness. I'm in my 50s now, and I'm just now starting to get to the point where it's like, aha, that's why I react that way, you know, and just in learning, learning a little bit more about what triggers me to respond or react in a particular way. So I think self-awareness is really important uh, in leadership. So I, I like that you brought that up. It is. And, um, you know, there's, there's a little a nice story to understand the relevance of self-awareness especially in the age of AI. You know, if recently a friend of mine asked ChatGPT, uh, 
what will be the kind of uh, human intelligences that will be least likely for AI to surpass humans? Okay, and the the answer of ChatGPT, uh, which I've got it there, I've got it here. I'm going to read that to you very quickly. So the answer is somehow surprising in certain things. One is bodily kinesthetic intelligence. So the ability to control, coordinate one's body movements and have a deep sense of body awareness and control. The second one is naturalistic intelligence. The ability to understand, be aware and appreciate the natural world. Existential intelligence is the third one. The ability to ask meaningful questions, contemplate purpose and meaning, foster wisdom, be aware of and prioritize your values. The fourth one is interpersonal intelligence. The ability to connect with others, understand yourself so that... Uh, and the fifth one is intrapersonal intelligence. The ability to understand oneself, recognize one's own strengths and weaknesses and reflect on one's own emotions and thoughts. So basically the last one, the definition of self-awareness. So you know, all these five kind of intelligence, there is the word awareness. Yeah, and, and those are things that right now chat GPT doesn't think it can do yet, today. <laughs> Not yet. We'll see Not the yet. direction yeah. it takes. You know, the, 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 the catchphrase I've been using lately is that AI can't out-human a human. And, you know, my, my big focus is on empathy and management. And I don't think that a bot is going to ever achieve the level of empathy that a, a genuine human being sitting across from you looking into your eyes can. So I, I think that this is, um, this is something that AI is, is not going to achieve. Well, there's a, lot, there's, there's a lot of work done on uh, giving AI kind of emotional aspects. Eh? Mm. There's a, work, a lot of work happening. I'm not so sure that we, how long this effort will last because mm -hmm. I think the main choice is, uh, you know, everybody's concentrated on AI being, you know, sustainable and, uh, uh, you know, do something good for the future, for our future and the future of humans. Uh, so being servant to the humans, if you want. Mm -hmm. The reality is, what is the choice? Do we go, do we want AI to feel emotions? Or do we actually want AI not to go that way, but to, you know, do focus on certain tasks mm -hmm. and really be helpful for other kind of tasks and mm -hmm. leave mm -hmm. emotions to humans? Yeah. So it's yeah. a conversation. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, let's move on to my next question, which is, what's the impact of deep authenticity and human connection on a leader's behavior and performance? First of all, deep authenticity is really contagious and it is accessible to anyone. It's more accessible than what your mind makes you think. Your mind is protecting, so it doesn't make you think that you can be you know, deeply authentic. But the reality is I've been in, uh, I've experienced board meetings, virtual events, where people have shared their most intimate fragility just after half an hour. And 
the key there is to create a safe space where people feel at ease to be themselves, take the mask on and be who they are, including their vulnerabilities. And the way that you do this is the most effective one is leading by example. So yourself, unleash your humanity, be authentic, be human, be vulnerable, and the people around you will do the same. Sooner or later, everyone with this rhythm. The impact, I start with the impact on the behavior. It's then the impact on the behavior that makes the impact on the performance. The impact on the behavior is, I think, but at least three things, three main things, radical positivity, radical humanity, and radical clarity. So radical, you know, leaders who are deeply authentic and human connected, inner and outer, always look at the bright side of things, even the most negative ones, and always are able to actually see the bright side of things, move in an evolutionary manner, okay? They have strong uh, human skills, what we call soft skills. Uh, I call them human skills. The traditional ones, empathy, you know, EI, but also gratitude, servancy, this kind of, you know, this kind of skills. And in terms of clarity, you know, they, they have this amazing clarity that enables them to create magical spaces. You know, those magical spaces that make a difference, like win-win situation, you know, seeing win-win solutions in every, in every problem uh, or impossible to, to possible. Um, so that's the impact on their behavior. And therefore, you know, the consequences is, you know, leaders with deep authenticity and human connection shine. They are like shining stars. And wherever they go, they bring light. Okay? The consequences in the group, um, in their teams, in their companies, is psychological safety, openness, cohesion, sense of belonging, ultimately trust, and ultimately, therefore, performance. I love it. And, and as you were talking, I was reminded of my first and all-time favorite team in Silicon Valley, where, where the, the original leader and then the subsequent leaders created excellent psychological safety and made it okay for us to, to, to be vulnerable with each other and be real. And it was, it was quite a thing. I, I, in 20 years in Silicon Valley, I always looked back at that first experience and said, that is the model for how this should be done. So I, I am in wild agreement with you. This, this is going to be an interesting question to hear you answer, I think. How can leaders move from a state of harmful defensive behaviors to a state of courage and fulfillment? Well, say, let's be honest. I mean, I think we do it all the time, you know, wearing masks, ignoring, blaming, uh, postponing, destroying, you know, all these micro, macro behaviors are defensive behaviors ranging from a loud discussion in the office to pushing a button to launch a missile. You know, all these are defensive behaviors from fears that we all have. So, you know, I was asking myself, I say, okay, you know, we have lots of different kinds of harmful behaviors. 
What is the reason? You know, so in an effort to get to the ultimate reason, so to the ultimate fears, build up like like a kind of pyramid, you know, because you may find, you know, uh, fear of no success, fear of no money, fear, you know, all these, you know, if you keep on asking yourself, okay, but, you know, is that the ultimate fear or is that something above that? You know, why that fear? Why that behavior? And I've ended up at four ultimate fears. You know, from those fears depend all different kinds of harmful defensive behaviors and intermediate fears. Okay. And those ultimate fears are fear of no meaning. So no meaning in your life or no meaning in what you do. Fear of loneliness, fear of being lonely or ending up alone in the future. Fear of uncertainty. And fear of dependency. So dependency from somebody or something. Okay. Now, if you take those four fears, four ultimate fears of a leader, and you flip them, you actually get to the, the treasures. Okay. And you get to the inner treasures of a leader, which is the, the four inner treasures, meaning, love, freedom, and certainty. So... How do you how do you move from harmful defensive behavior to courage and fulfillment is by first looking for and then find those treasures. Those treasures are inner, so you know you need it, they require an inner journey. The good news is that everybody has them, so it's just a decision, an intention, move intentionally to look and find them. With those four treasures, no more discussion in the office, no more wars in the world. So starting small, micro discussions in the office, all the way out to war, macro. Wow. I would like to see that. Well, if you think about it, you know, think of a big scenario, you know, wars in the world or people launching missiles. It is because of the fear. Mm -hmm. It is a defensive yeah. behavior. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you think power, is that the ultimate? Let's say, you know, we use the word power. No? So some of the words which are there is always power, money. But are we sure these are the ultimate ones? Or maybe money is because of meaning. Because you actually fear not to be meaningful. Or because you fear that what you do is no meaningful, no? Uh, or fear of loneliness, because you may feel, you know, yourself or your country is left being left out. So if you think about it and actually do this kind of pyramid work, even individually, uh, you will get on top to those four keywords. Mm. Meaning, mm. love, freedom, certainty. Meaning, love, freedom, certainty. Nice. Cool. Thank you. All right. That, that is a really interesting way to look at defensive behaviors and, and everything from micro-defensive behaviors to macro. So the next thing I'd like to ask, the last question I have for you, is insp about inspiration. And the question is, what do leaders need in order to captivate and inspire other leaders to be the best version of themselves? Well... They need a lot, 
and they need just a few things. You know, the basic one is they they need the full treasures. People, leaders who have inner meaning, inner love, inner freedom, and inner certainty inspire other leaders. And the reason is because they don't have those fears anymore. So they don't have the harmful defensive behaviors. They are deeply authentic and human connected, and they are radically positive, human, and have radical clarity. Now, if you say, okay, what do you need? What do you ultimately need? You know, is it the four treasures? In reality, those four treasures don't come if, I mean, they are inner. So what you actually need, and we go back to our first question, is self-awareness. Okay, once you have self-awareness, it means that you know yourself, you're conscious of yourself, you're aware of yourself, it means you've done an inner journey and therefore you give yourself a chance to find those inner treasures. But if you stand there and say, okay, so is it self-awareness what we actually ultimately need? I'd say to be aware, to be conscious, to know yourself, you need contact with yourself. You need connection with yourself. Okay, so ultimately what is needed is that you are connected with your human being. And I say, you know, when you are far from your inner human being, you are vulnerable. You try to protect yourself. You close yourself. You can't even see yourself or anyone else. Instead, when you are connected, when you are close, I mean, close enough to embrace your inner human being, you are courageous enough that you don't even feel the instinctive need to protect yourself. You open up naturally to others, to yourself and to others in both private and professional life. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a great way to end this segment of the show with this, this whole idea of connection. And, and vulnerability. So with that, I'd like to transition and talk a little bit about you. And I understand you've got a live performing art show coming. So tell us about that. Well, I, I thought, you know, in my, the activity I do as a coach uh, is with the purpose of humanizing leaders and organization. And I thought uh, I would give, you know, more power to my activity if I mix my, my profession, coaching, and in particular, the, the basic of coaching, powerful questioning with performing arts, with an, the artistic element. So I created this show, you know, it was my idea. Then I developed this idea with professionals of the theater industry. And it, it is a performing arts show that combines the two. So there are powerful questions, intimate, and there are performing arts. Poetry, singing, dancing, you know, different kinds of art, animation, etc. And it is available to companies, corporates, organizations, associations, leadership associations. And the purpose is really to humanize, to bring out the human being of leaders and to, as a group, create an experience that would boost, you know, cohesion, trust, uh, openness and psychological safety in the group. Excellent. That sounds cool. 
Right on. Hmm. Well, if somebody wanted to experience the show, where would they go? Well, they can contact me. I'm on mm-hmm. uh, LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com slash in slash Gerardo Sigat. Or they can visit my website, uh, gerardosigat.com, and there they will find all the information. Perfect. All right. Excellent. Well, with that, Gerardo, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. It was very different than usual, so I appreciate it very much. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn, Eric P. Gerard on LinkedIn. Pick up my new book, Lead Like a Pro, The Essential Guide for New Managers, available on Amazon, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at gerardtrainingsolutions.com. 